0: hello welcome to recapping with Dolora and ashley please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at recapping podcast
1: also comment rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform we're on all the
0: things we would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review
1: email us your audio file to recapping podcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show
0: or dm us on Instagram, and we will post and leave it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you.
1: Hello, Ashley. Hello, hello, darling. How are you doing? I'm making it, how are (laughs) you today?
0: The same. I'm excited about today's recap. We are recapping The Woman King. It came out 2022. It is an action slash drama, two hours and 15 minutes long, and it's rated PG-13.
1: A little bit shorter than last week.
0: A little bit shorter. It was released in theaters September 16th, 2022, and recently made its way to Netflix, currently number one, just last week. Here's a quick summary. In the 1800s, a group of all female warriors protect the African kingdom of Dahomey with skills and fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen. Faced with a new threat, General Naniska trains the next generation of recruits to fight against a foreign enemy that's determined to destroy their way of life. This movie is starring the Viola Davis as Naniska, Doso Bairu as Nawi, Lashana Lynch as Izoji, Shayla Atum as Aminza, John Boyega as King Gizu, Jordan Bolger as Malik, Hero Franz Tiffin as Santos Ferreira. And Jimmy Odukoye as Obi Adi, the general of the Oyo Empire. Director, Gina Price Bytherwood. Screenwriter, Dana Stevens. And producer, Mario Bello and Dana Stevens. Also... Viola Davis Production Company produced this movie as well. Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie critics 94%. Audience score, 99. However, Google users gave this film 76%. Ashley, what's your grade for The Woman King? This one was
1: hard for me to grade because I had to balance enjoyment versus the toughness of watching a film based on the subject matter and the violence, which mm. the first watch through, especially at theaters, because I supported this and went and saw it in theaters was tough. There were scenes that I just kind of dipped my head down and wasn't looking up at the screen on because it was bothering okay. me. So I give it a B. I give it a B because I think it's history that I found interesting because I'm not familiar was not familiar with the Agoji and with the Dahomey Empire prior to this film, so it made me more curious about the real events and the real history thereafter. Stellar cast, love to see these black female warriors doing their thing, and you know just overall, I thought it was the story and everything was really well done. John Boyega was a surprise for me. I didn't even know he was in this film when I went into it. So no. It was a surprise and also comical at times. I don't think he was intending to be comical, but I found humor in his performance multiple times.
0: Yes, same. So for me, it's a bead, Laura. What about you? Well, I really enjoyed this film. I enjoy seeing Africa through its lenses. So thank you, Gina, for what she did for this movie. You know, typically when it comes to Africa... It's representation in movies, really dusty, really dry. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until Ryan Coogler's Wakanda that you get like, you know, this Afrocentric sexy vibe going on when it comes to Africa, right? You get to see people that are prosperous. Exactly. And what Gina did in this particular movie, I felt like the people were moisturized The places were colorful and lush. It was that palm oil. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The singing, the dancing, it was just very heartwarming and I loved their representation. I mean, this movie is based off of true true stories, but it's obviously still a work of fiction. But Mm -hmm. to even be introduced to the Dahomey Kingdom of West Africa and honestly the conversation of Africans role in the slave trade
1: yeah yeah it's tough it's tough for me
0: and it's a reality that a lot of us don't really talk about but I also love the fierceness and the badassery of these women Viola freaking Davis this is definitely a pivotal role for her And it was a joy to watch. With that being said, spoiler alert. The movie starts off West Africa, 1823. It is the Dihome Kingdom. King Gizu just rose to power in a coup from his brother. The nation is at a crossroads under its new leadership. It's determining whether to continue on with the slave trade or determine what's next they have their arch enemies <laughs> the oyo empire who is joining forces with the mahi people the oyos have guns and horses and strong relationships with europe the movie also shows general naniska and the agoye went to a mahi village to release the prisoners so I'll be going a little bit in and out on like some of the things I've found that happened in real life and the events of the movies because I just found this really fascinating. Um, So to understand that the Dohome people were giving up their prisoners to the Oyo people as tribute. I was like, yo, this happens in real life. The first thing that came to mind, unfortunately, is like Hunger Games, right? Yeah. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute, But this is an exercise that happened for many, many years. In this movie under King Gizu, they wanted to have this come to an end. We find out very quickly how badass the Goje women are. Was this part of the scenes that you were talking about that was hard to watch? Like, I'm, I'm curious, you're your discomfort because like I don't want to go into certain scenes and you're like I don't want to talk in detail
1: (laughs) it's more of the battles that come later that were hard for me to sit through and watch um you know throughout but no this initial kind of setup to see them in their element see them pop up out of you know the High grass, yeah, whatever it is. I'm like, it's not the forest. I don't know what you would call it. And display their abilities right off the bat was um was great. I mean, I besides the Dora Milaje from Black Panther have not seen such a fierce group of female warriors. So it was delightful to get to see that this was a rep- a representation of actual history. And yeah, they did what needed to be done.
0: Absolutely. Shortly after this conflict, Naniska said to her soldiers, like, she needs more recruits. And in comes Naui. So, most of the story in this movie centers around this young, free spirited, fierce young lady who is just trying to live her life like it's golden. And her dad just one day offered her up to a man that she never met before. The way that that dude just was like, oh, this is what I have to offer. And then smacked her because she didn't respond in a way that he wanted. I was like, "Um, I think the fuck not.
1: <laughs> that was so disturbing. You could see the mom like holding back from stepping up in responding or saying or doing anything like I saw the tension on her mother's face mm. but it was disgusting right Very. it was it, it just gave you a glimpse into how abusive her life likely was with that particular father
0: it's interesting it's like a young woman based off this story you essentially are married off or you go to the palace to either be the king's wife or join the Egoji. So when we meet Izogi, do you think she saw something in Nawi when her father dropped her off at the palace?
1: Based on some of the history, she tells us subsequently, yes. But also think, you know, she's seen a lot. She's been through a lot being a warrior in the Agoji, so... You know, she probably in general would have felt a kindred spirit with any abandoned young woman looking to come for some type of alternative lifestyle, because you have to wonder what made any of those women uh, a goji warriors in the first place, what their origin stories were.
0: That's a great point. I also was thinking after watching it, especially the second time, I felt like Izoji knew that her general was looking for new recruits and- she could potentially be one. So we have a new king. Everyone's talking in his ear. He has his general. He has, you know, his wives. And actually, I was trying to remember the name of Game of Thrones. What's the name of the the table of people?
1: You can't ask me off the top like that.
0: Oh, what is it called the king not the king's hand
1: the king's go- the king's guard was the was this the knights. The so, were the
0: knights, yeah?
1: I can't, remember. but his
0: council of people, yeah. What did you think about him having so many wives? Like, that's the part that had me cracking up. You were talking about Jump was um making you laugh, it was him interacting with all his ladies for me. My
1: love, my love, my love, my love. Oh, yes, because there were two sometimes at a time. Mm-hmm. My loves, um, it played into me what I've been told about Africa in terms of that era i'm not sure if it continues but the idea of having multiple wives is nothing new but clearly there was a head wife and that dynamic was quite interesting
0: and she was not a fan of naniska at mm-hmm. all
1: miss Chante.
0: did you care for her she was giving me lady Macbeth vibes <laughs>
1: I think she was playing the hand she was dealt, right? I didn't even look at her and judge her. I feel like everybody had their various roles that you were either born into or thrust into. And so for her being probably like the head wife of this harem of wives is something. And she took that seriously to the point she could, if this were a different empire, have gotten beheaded, possibly if she didn't. (laughs) watching at times going behind her husband's back and talking to you know powerful people that i was a little worried for her safety but he didn't seem like that type of king he's not what's the one who was killing all his wives in um england henry
0: george or henry yeah henry VIII. yep it
1: let her be in a different era with a different king but (laughs) Like I said, I think she was playing the hand she was dealt, so.
0: Through the eyes of Naui, we got a chance to see what the recruitment process was like. And apparently in real life, the Agoji recruited from all over. Their women warriors at its peak had 6,000 on hand. They were known to being the fiercest the mightiest warriors in West Africa. I was fascinated to know that they didn't take husbands in some ways in real life, because they didn't take husbands or bear children. They were essentially considered wives of the king and that's in real life. But what do you think about this life of service and sacrifice?
1: I think that it was, for some of them, probably the choice that they wanted to make so that they had more agency over their lives, which is sad. Very. Because one would think that the ability to choose a partner and to choose whether or not to have children in this day and age, probably hard to comprehend. But obviously, when we see what we went through and how you are literally just looked at as a possession to your family to be sold off for money the option of going with the agoji probably was very promising for many of them so if you would ask me which was better or worse probably just would have stuck with the agoji as well in that case now if you had freedom and you had um opportunities and you had uh, availability to make some other choices then obviously it sounds sad and like you're not necessarily living as full of a life as you could, but I think we have to think about the era and the circumstances.
0: Well said. You know, I did go in watching the film knowing that it's based off of real life African warriors. But my understanding in some tribes in Africa, they are a matriarch and not a patriarch. And I was curious to see like, oh, well, maybe we had these elite female warriors because this is from a matriarch type of social standing but it was not (laughs) at all um, based off of what we saw in the movie as well as what happened in real life in preparation for this film Gina apparently did not believe in stunt devils at all these women worked five hours a day prepping for this movie Viola Davis and Thuzo said that they spent an hour and a half with weight training and three and a half hours in martial arts and weapon training. Wow. Viola Davis is 57 years old.
1: It would have been a conversation. I'll say that. I'm like, Gina, so we can't make any exceptions to this. I am an actor, but I'm not Tom
0: Cruise. What I love about her leadership, Gina joined in with them in the training. I was surprised to hear that that came out in their Breakfast Club interview. She also said in that interview that she wanted Black women from the diaspora to be represented. We have Viola Davis from America, being African-American. We have Dosu from South Africa. Um, We have Lashana. She's British. Mm -hmm. You know, and let's also highlight the fact that these are dark-skinned women doing the, the damn thing. And... I just, I really did enjoy that in the film. I put in my notes, Ashley, let's get down to business to <laughs> defeat the oyos. <laughs> <laughs> the training seemed pretty intense. And now we with something else. I felt like her mouth was a little too slick. <laughs> to be talking to the general the way she did what did you think about their relationship in the beginning with her being a new recruit I
1: think Viola handled it as best she could because you got this hothead young lady coming in thinking that she somehow has already earned her stripes enough to call you disrespectful and she called her an old lady and to challenge her with the training that they're going through, as if she has not been doing this for years and years and years. I think she handled it well, though, because whenever she did challenge her, she's like, okay, well, you go ahead and let me show you what it is that you think you want to go ahead and do and why you're not at that stage yet, right? Like with the rope, here, go ahead and take this knife that you can't even really hold <laughs> and go ahead and try to cut the head off. Yeah, stick with your little rope. So I think it was always, um, she always handled it uh, in a way that, to me, she wasn't overly chastising her. She just let her learn from experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was much needed because I don't think she was the type of character. Now he's not the type of character that's necessarily going to listen. She has to learn by experience.
0: That's real. Well, now it becomes the winner for the goji challenge like at the end of all their training they have this tournament and whoever wins becomes a part of this elite army or is it guard? I don't know. What's a good term for that? They feel like an army to me. (laughs) Well, the oyos came stopping by asking for their tribute. Naneska realized very quickly that General Oba was a man who assaulted her years ago. Oh, the tangled web we weaved. First time we saw her rattled or unsettled. Exactly. The king sent his general and the agoji to send their tributes. Nanesca stood up to him and was like, not today, Satan. And they fought hand to hand. And some of Naoi's rebellious streak ended up helping her in the end. This was a pivotal point in the movie because Nonesca was trying to convince the king to move towards Pomwell and move away from the slave trade and giving up tributes was their contribution to the slave trade. I don't know how deep you want to get, but I find it interesting that this was such a hard decision. Now, obviously it was a hard decision because of the money, right? Unfortunately, selling human capital was more lucrative than farmers but even thinking about the comment that the wife said oh you want to be feared you can't be feared by being farmers I guess it all comes down to motivation and and intention
1: part of the tale that's again hard to watch and sit through as a black person because as you see this and you see the scenes that are in the market where you see people in cages black people in cages being looked at and gawked at and touched and fondled and all this as if they're less than human and you think about the fact that these are your own people your own tribes who are doing this to you it's just really hard to swallow for me and I think that the that I wish I had more context and I need to do more research myself just to understand how it ever came to be that Africans were the ones who were treated and sold off as slaves. Portuguese didn't come and weren't trading their people. Exactly. The English weren't coming and trading their people. Exactly. So why was this- Y'all intentionally
0: came to this continent, these countries. Why was this the currency
1: that we had to give up in order to prosper, in order to move forward. So when you talk about the intention and whether it was a hard decision, I understand that that was the era and that they were doing what they felt was in their best interest. I just can't swallow it for myself in 2023, obviously, given that I've been able to live well beyond and past what they've been able to live beyond and past. So I I can't understand it and I can't justify it. There should be no amount of money that you're willing to take or trade for a human life.
0: As you mentioned, the Portuguese
1: are in town. The Portuguese are in town. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to they're just They're just bopping around the neighborhood.
0: <laughs> Santos is part of this conversation and convincing the new king to keep continuing their in the slave trade. I think it's interesting that we talked about this last week in our of forever recap the diplomacy aspect of things and you know they offer their gifts and they learn their languages but at the end of the day it's like do you respect me do you respect my people do you do you respect my position and understand that I have the authority to say no to you mm-hmm. you know the way Santos was talking to the king crazy I was just like yo you're in, you're on his land talking about you won't be protected. That's why when he said, don't forget whether I have your respect or not,
1: I am the king here. So if I so choose, you won't be protected, meaning you're not going to make it out of here alive, bro. So I would watch my steps. You think you just have to come up behind your daddy and come into my kingdom and talk shit? It was hard watching that actor play this role too because I've only seen him as... Uh, younger more fresh-faced version in the after series of films so to see him make this transition to being a slave trader if I meet him in real life we're gonna have a conversation
0: (laughs) (laughs) taking a look at Naui we find out that she is the long-lost daughter of Nineska. I was telling David while watching this. I'm like, watch them be connected in some way, right? This was something that I saw coming, but it still was unexpected, especially with the shark tooth revelation.
1: Mm-hmm. She she chose a, a little brutal way of marking her child.
0: I mean, newborn. Cutting <laughs> a newborn and sticking something inside of it not knowing how, whether or not it'll heal? get place infl- infected like yeah
1: couldn't just put a little
0: mark couldn't just put a little a little mark somewhere
1: had to be a fool I'm gonna cut you open and stick this inside of you type thing I guess but yes I saw this coming as well Delora
0: I almost wondered in some ways well you know Nineska was not really that hard on her I, I think she could have been harder on her than what she was for sure. But I also appreciated the relationship Nineska had with her, her dear friend Amenza. And her friend was like, you know, you told me to do something. I did it. I am not your slave.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that when she stood up to her like that, because Naneska didn't talk to anybody else the way she talked to her dear friend, right? And exactly. so it's like, hold on, pump the brakes. Don't don't get Crazy. I understand you're going through something right now. You're showing your vulnerability, but you need to chill out with the way you speak to me. But yeah, I mean that was major because it was, it's not just, oh, I gave my child up. It was the product of such traumatic events. Yes. So she's yes. reliving her trauma and the yep. possibility of this child being alive and in her
0: kingdom now. Speaking to Naomi's rebellion. She falls in love with a mulatto vampire. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what he looks like to me.
1: He definitely looks like he should be in an interview with the vampire. That's (laughs) fact. He could have played the latest in the latest version where you had the new Lestat and the new Lewis. Yes. He could have been one of their many victims.
0: He came to the motherland because of his mother I don't know his role was very interesting to me because it's like are you friends with the slaver or nah like you know what I mean like he was, and he was and but he kept trying to play you know dance this line but it's like the lines are drawn sir I don't care if
1: you think I'm cute I think it's different to to be confronted with it and I think him going in person made him probably confront the realities of what his friend was really up to or doing. I don't know what the conditions were where he was in terms of how slaves were treated or anything like that, but he wasn't in the business. At least we know that. He wasn't a part of the actual business. So maybe he hadn't seen it up close and personal, but I took him as being a friend. I just didn't know what role he was necessarily gonna play in the circumstances that he found himself in outside of being attracted to
0: now we. with was also i feel like she's also dancing on this line of being truly committed to being a warrior and adhering to the rules meaning no dudes you know stay
1: away from them little boys do are men attracted to their mothers because isn't it something that he comes to the land of his mother and wants a woman <laughs> like... from from that land from that land i didn't mean to sound as weird as i probably did sound
0: oedipus rex type yeah i mean it more
1: so like (laughs) i are men are more attracted to the type of woman that they grew up with is Mm -hmm. really what i'm saying so that's what also there are
0: mommy issues as well as daddy issues i'm sure there's something out there
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm sure as well but I was just curious about that because I'm like, oh, what did you just come from in, in the Portugal area or wherever you may live that you come in and trying to suddenly get you a, a goji, so.
0: I know the fiercest warriors, right? He was at her, listen. Well, during the recruitment, we introduced to the general the use of gunpowder without a gun. And Naneska used that to her advantage in... This epic battle. Ashley, what's your weapon of choice? Between what? So, in the movie, we had the machete. We had the spear used beautifully by the Amanza. We had that rope with that knife. That was pretty badass. There's also fists fighting. You know? (laughs) There's the claws um, from Izugi.
1: So... That's out because I don't want to gouge out people's eyes. I, any of them sound dangerous to me because I don't know how to wield a, a weapon in such a way that I probably would end up hurting myself as well. But if I were trained, let's imagine a world where I'm trained in the way of the agoji. A machete would probably do it for me. Gets the job done. A spear, I don't know. The dormelage especially makes spears look like they are brutal and effective but I yes. feel like a machete just has a little bit more power and oomph but the rope with the with the knife was fun cuz you can kind of kick that around and do your thing yep. and they don't they don't see it coming but I feel like you know I'll leave that for the new recruits if I'm seasoned give me the machete what about you
0: I'm a spear kind of girl spear kind of girl um I twirled the flag for many years <laughs>
1: <laughs> easy transition from flag twirling to spear throwing right in the heart delora right in the heart
0: oh my gosh girl this bottle was not for the faint of heart now we and izuji are captured izuji in particular is injured my heart was broken okay hated to see it Hated to see it, hated to see it. And to know that they would be up for auction the next day. And while all of this is going, Ninesca is back at the kingdom and the king is out here appoint- appointing his woman king. And he chose her. I was a little nervous because he pretty much was like, y'all won this victory. Let's focus on what's next and let's not worry about the those that we lost. And she was like, how can I do that? <laughs> I put in my notes. Nanesca was like Jon Snow. She didn't want it.
1: Well, I think Um, especially given that her daughter was one of the captives. Exactly. Ain't no way she's going to be able to follow those orders. She would risk life and limb now. If she wasn't before, she definitely would now.
0: I felt like, you know, the evidence of a true leader is their guard's willingness to do anything and to support them in their endeavors and the fact that she had a loyal group of warriors like they're they were her ride or dies mm-hmm. I was like love to see it love to see it did you think she was a good leader
1: oh yeah absolutely I did I never saw her make decisions that I didn't think were in the interest of her people even though at times she probably made decisions that were possibly going to get her killed um especially when she was going off script to the scene you were talking about when they confronted the oyos who were looking for slaves. But I think, you know, again, she she had a level of authority, patience. She was seasoned in battle. You know, I think she had a great temperament and also was smart and intelligent and made um, thoughtful decisions about the overall good of the kingdom when it came to sitting on the court with the other leaders that the king had appointed. So overall, yeah, I thought she had great leadership skills.
0: What I loved about Naoi's and Izuji's relationship was that even though their situation looked grim, they were still able to find hope and drive to do something about their situation. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was hard, but the fact that they had a plan to try to get the f out of there was everything but part of me felt gutted when they shot and killed izuji
1: i couldn't watch it the first time in theaters that was one of the scenes i had my head down because i knew it was about to happen like i knew when she circled back for her that she was yeah. gonna get killed and based on her character and how she had kind of played comic relief anyway i had a feeling if anybody was gonna get got it may be her because it would be a blow to the yeah. audience as well as to Na'wi and the relationship that they had developed. But, I mean, she went out a warrior, I guess is is the point. She didn't go out in the slave trade or, you know, having given up hope, which I think was beautiful based on that character and the fierceness that she had had throughout. I would have hated to see her just give up hope um, and die um, by the hands of these men because she no longer felt like she could fight, so she went out fighting and I, I love that for her.
0: Absolutely. Mulatto (laughs) Bay bought Naui for protection, but she is actually free. They have a heart to heart, Ashley. And all I kept thinking is, do you want to get pregnant in terms of like risking it all for this man? Cause it goes against everything that the Ogoji is known for.
1: I mean, does she risk, do you feel like she risked it
0: all for this man? I just don't understand this relationship, Actually, <laughs> I have in my notes, I'm like, is this relationship worth it at the end?
1: I mean, I feel like it was a means of survival on her part. I don't feel like it was giving it all up for this man, because given the circumstances she found herself in, she was about to either get killed, get put back in um the holding whatever Thing. they had cage. they had them in essentially or go with him so what else what else am I what else what else am I gonna do you know what I'm saying like I don't feel like sure. there was much of a choice so in that case it was about survival which makes so much sense and then she knew hey I gotta go I gotta go back for my people
0: and the cavalry came this was obviously the best fight scene for me because we are at the climax of the story um, especially after the revelations of everyone frankly involved with Nanishka and her daughter Naui and the Oyo's general Oba being potentially the father (sighs) that fight I mean talking about fighting like a man he was holding nothing back
1: yeah I didn't watch that scene This second time I fast forwarded through I don't want to watch it again. Can't see Viola go through it again, but glad that it went in the way that it did. Cause if y'all had killed Viola Davis off of this movie,
0: listen, I don't think I would have been able to sit through this twice. I don't think so. We need happy endings. <laughs> we deserve we, <laughs> we deserve happy endings. How about that? Now we and Nanishka's tag teaming and defeating the OYO's general has put an end to the Oyo's empire and freed the Dahomey kingdom. They came back as victors and the king saw them just as that. And he did not renounce the woman king title from the general. Were you surprised by this?
1: No, he would have been foolish for him to do. They wiped out his biggest enemy that he had going against him that was literally about to come for them and destroy them so just go ahead and give her the pat on the back she deserves and keep it moving especially given the fact that nineska helped him get the kingdom in exactly. the first place loyalty loyalty exactly. loyalty
0: exactly exactly i have a few fun rapid fire questions for you ashley let's start off fun did you feel like you needed to workout after watching this movie <laughs>
1: Well, I have been on my workout mode with my yoga and Pilates classes. So, hey, maybe I'll look like these ladies someday.
0: Were their accents distracting to you?
1: No, I didn't struggle with their accents. Granted, the second time I did have subtitles on, so that probably helped. But I don't remember struggling at all in the theaters to understand anybody.
0: Did you miss the white savior in this film?
1: (laughs) No, I was actually pleasantly... Uh, surprise by not having some central figure that swoops in to try to alleviate the situation in some way granted you did have the black man from that's Portuguese that helps. Yeah, but he yeah. still did not play a pivotal role in the way that the white savior character you're speaking to usually does. And hey, he threw his friend. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing he in my mind, he did is he threw his friend to say, yay, hey, go ahead and take him. And they killed that man. So that was that was a big role he played.
0: Absolutely. And again, with this role, this being an action in Netflix is called a military film starring black women what do you think the cultural impact would be
1: i don't know if i feel like there was necessarily a huge cultural impact because we again have gotten to see this in now other iterations but i will say that i hope what it would serve to do for everybody that it served to do for me is to continue to pique my curiosity about our history to want to know more about our roots to want to know more about the realities of those eras of time that that we didn't get a chance to know much about especially given the continued attacks on the education of black history within this country in your freaking state specifically yeah yeah, (laughs) yep yep I can't be raising no children in Florida. I tell you that, Woo. but I, I hope that it gives people the inspiration to do that research and to learn more for themselves. So I hope I hope that that's what the cultural impact is um, from this film.
0: And lastly, who from this cast deserved an Oscar nomination? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, we've talked about that. Viola Davis obviously should have been nominated as best actress given her performance but honestly i could also give some best supporting actress nods to izogi tanawi to, to amenza i could give a best supporting actor nod to john boyega um yes if this were a feature that were heavily beloved and favored by the academy and by hollywood you would have seen more love and support from nominations for the entire cast like we see for a lot of other projects so gina as director as well there you go gina as director not i wasn't even thinking about off screen (laughs) you give it to costuming you could probably give it to some design elements you could probably give it to a lot of things in this film
0: i agree for me with viola's performance in this particular movie the part that got me was the end when now we asked, would you like to dance with me, mother? That whole interaction at the end, it was so subtle. It was so nuanced. But Viola gave me 25 emotions. (laughs) Like, and it was gorgeous. And I was like in tears, frankly, because I was like, you felt the, the hesitation, the heartwarming, the love, the affection, the proudness, like it was... Oh, and that was just one part. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The work and dedication is also um, goes into these nominations as well. And for her to be doing 10.0 on on a treadmill in her fifties. Oh my gosh. When it comes to supporting actress, Lashana Lynch, period. She should have been nominated. She did a phenomenal job. Her acting abilities is just it's stunning it's stunning the fact that she can do a bond movie yeah she can do this movie she can do a freaking matilda musical mm-hmm. i'm in awe i'm in awe with her as well as danielle uh, we talked about her work before from scratch the harder they fall till the these this next generation flames, flames. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Give them their flowers, Laura. Give them their flowers. Final thoughts on The Woman King. Support Black art, people. I know it's hard to want to return to the theater, especially with AMC losing their minds and trying to do this whole inflation and seat pricing changes based on where you sit nonsense. But- support these Black features, support these artists and directors and all the talented people that, you know, make up these wonderful productions because they deserve it and also because they often are overlooked and do not get the recognition that they rightly deserve. So I'm glad that this movie was made because, again, the inspiration is provided for me to continue to get a better understanding of our history is 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 a big deal is a huge thing so it goes beyond the film in that way for me and much respect to everybody who was involved what about
0: you absolutely this movie was so epic and i love these types of films i i created a list of the films that it reminded me of of course these are centered in white men and you know their military and lore whether greek or roman or what have you i immediately thought of troy starring brad pitt um part of it frankly was the accent debate how literally everyone had a different accent and we were all supposed to be in like ancient greece (laughs) i've never watched troy oh for me that was the first time i got brad pitt like oh <laughs> i got it because i was an orlando bloom girl and the fact that brad had me turn away from orlando bloom because his character sucked i was like oh my gosh i get, i get it <laughs> yeah eric bennett everybody in that movie braveheart another like epic I don't want to say it's coming of age, but you see the, the formation of the rebellion and the fights and the resolution of it all. 300. I think that's the closest one out of these examples that I felt like it reminded me of. And I feel like this movie is in this same category um, and it deserves that same level of respect. Mm. And honorable mention, Mulan. Uh <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed this film I'm very grateful that they made it and I hope we're able to make more movies like these and there was no snot from Viola (laughs) (laughs) she held together held it together a little bit she chose a different route and I'm here for it uh if there's nothing else Ashley time for hidden gems all right, I have two this week. My first one is
1: a 2023 film that I watched recently called Sharper. It is on Apple TV+. Plus. Stars Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan. I don't want to say too much about it because it's a con artist thriller and I don't want to spoil anything. Just know that there are twists. There are turns. It's not necessarily what you think it is, But it's worthwhile, and I thought it was a pretty good watch on a Saturday afternoon. So that is Sharper on Apple TV+. Plus. My second, I was just mentioning how I've gotten really into my little fitness journey, getting back to some yoga, some Pilates. My favorite studio, I have to give a shout out, One Raw Yoga. Black woman owned, love her, does her thing really enjoy the studio itself because of the location smaller class sizes just make it more intimate and a more hands-on experience if that's what you're looking for from the instructor really enjoy all of the folks that I get to interact with at that studio and I just think you know go out and support local businesses one raw yoga check it out and those are my two hidden gems what about you
0: Dora? Thank you, Ashley. So I have three this week. This first one, I'm pretty sure I've done, I've said this before in a hint and gem, but I want to specifically highlight uh, an episode. So Lovecraft Country, HBO, 2020, horror fiction, only one freaking season, 10 episodes, specifically episode seven, entitled I Am. This is a powerful episode that you can probably watch on its own. I'm recommending it because the m- character, the main character in this episode goes back in time and trains as a, an, a Goji warrior. Hmm. And that was one of my first times seeing, you know, these elite female warriors <laughs> in popular culture. Wanted to highlight that. It's such a great episode on so many levels. Um, if you can, watch the whole season. Our boy Jonathan Majors is also starring in it. So Lovecraft Country, episode seven. My second hidden gem is an Instagram profile. It's Samariter. This young lady was in The Woman King, kicking ass and taking names with the sphere. She um, was light skin and had the big hair. And sometimes I post her videos in our Instagram stories because she'll do some martial artwork to like popular music. And it's really fascinating to watch. She's so badass, super cool. And I was just so excited when she got cast in this film because I'm like, this is what you do. <laughs> this is what you do. Cause she was doing this. I've been following her, following her before this movie. So I was really excited about that. So the sammy Ryder <laughs> on Instagram. My third and final hidden gem is Matilda the Musical, and came out at the end of last year. Again, I think I might have brought this up in the past, but I think it's worth bringing up again because of the great LaShana Lynch. You do not go from being a badass warrior to being in cardigans singing. On a cold fall rainy day. You know what I mean? Like
1: and being the most beloved character of Mrs. Honey. I
0: mean that flex alone. Fascinating. And a further deeper cut, she used to be in this Shonda Rhyme show called Star Crossed, where it was like a Romeo and Juliet, and she was doing old English, talking about Die and Love and My Heart. So they have range baby these actors have range so bringing it up again emma thompson is also in here who is (laughs) friend of the pod because i adore her um and the musical numbers are fire those kids killed it i my mouth was a gate when they did that finale that that big dance singing thing fire 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 so matilda the musical check it out That's all I have today, Ashley. All
1: right, guys. Well, we will be on a planned break this time. So we will catch you again next week for a new Headlines and Hot Topics episode. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us as always. Please feel free to share this episode with your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers, strangers, whomever you see fit. (laughs) We so appreciate the support. Stay safe in these streets, guys, and be blessed. Love you guys. Bye.